I mean, here we go, a few things. It's the middle of winter and the All Blacks lost last night. Now, if you can get yourself up and out to church on a Sunday morning after the All Blacks lose to Australia, you know you love Jesus. I'm excited to bring the third part in our New Anatomy series today. And this series is running all day at every one of our services. And tonight at 5 p.m., We've got another one of our young gun preachers going to be preaching tonight. A young man by the name of Isaac Proctor is going to be preaching, and he is an up-and-coming leader, preacher in the church. And so there's a whole there's a whole other level of preachers and leaders in this church that you've probably never even met before. So I encourage you, come on out, support Isaac as he preaches for his very first time on a Sunday. Uh, he's going to do an, an absolutely incredible job. Uh, this series is all about what the Bible says about different parts of the body. We looked at the tongue and the heart and the mind and all kinds of things, and today Today I want to look at what the Bible says about the eyes. The eyes. You've all got them. Hopefully you've got a couple. Hopefully they work all right. Some of ours are a little bit more deficient than others, but that's all right. The eyes are amazing. Like your eyes are a wonder of creation. Like, I don't know if you know this, but like I think one of the greatest things that points to the existence of a creator God are your eyes. They are so complex. They are so wonderful. They are so beautifully, intricately made. It, it, it just defies, like, large, it's unbelievable. Your eyes are incredible. And, and, and what your eyes give you the ability to do is to see, right? So I know this, we're going deep here today in church. Your eyes that make you see. Yay. Okay, so... Your eyes give you the ability to see and, and, and perceive what's around you, what's in front of you. And, and, and sight is all about light. It's all about light. So, so your ability to see is all about light and how light reflects off different objects. And what happens is that light goes into your eyes and goes through a little movie screen lens and then that gets communicated and then electrical impulses go to your brain and your brain interprets what the light is reflecting to give you the image in front of you. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, and what, what happens is when you see something, it's not just that you see an image. It evokes a response in you. So your eyes actually uh, like create a response and create things. And, and biblically speaking, when the Bible talks about eyes, it's talking about what you see, what you're looking at. Not just the eyes itself, but what you're looking at. And... Um, and what's amazing is I could put a picture up on the screen and it would evoke like a response from you. I'm not going to do it, but if I put up a picture of a bucket of KFC, for some of you in the room, it would evoke hunger. You start to feel a little bit hungry. In fact, your body might even respond by, you might start salivating. And you might even start to think, it might sow a seed in you that you start going, man, after the 8.30 service, I don't know if they're open, but they better be. Because I'm heading down to Botany and I'm going to get me a bucket of chicken. That's what I'm going to do. For others of you here, that it might evoke a different response. It might evoke disgust. You might be like, that is the most filthy thing I could ever see. I'm never going to eat that. In fact, that is, that is causing me to feel a little bit nauseous looking at that image that on the screen. Now, I could put a whole bunch of different pictures up and you simply looking at that picture through your eyes, what will happen is it will cause different feelings. You feel excited. You could feel like um, you could feel stirred by an image to empathy. You could feel all kinds of things. And this starts to create in you uh, sometimes and, and oftentimes a belief, a behavior. It manifests in your life beyond just seeing the image. It goes to a whole nother level. You start to create mindsets and beliefs and behaviors that result from that. 
It's interesting because Jesus says these words in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. It's in your notes there. It should be up on the screen as well. It says, Matthew 6, 22, verse 22, 23, says this, The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Let me, let me phrase it in another way. Let me put it this way. If what you are looking at with your eyes, if what you're seeing with your eyes, if what you're intentionally looking at is good and wholesome and full of light and healthy, then what happens is internally in yourself, in your body, your mind, your emotions, your spirit, everything on the inside of you will start to look a bit better, healthier, more light, more pure, more in line with what God would have for you. But on the flip side, if what you're looking at, if what you're seeing, if what you're actively engaging in and looking at is bad, then it will reflect on the inside of you, in your body, your mind, your spirit, your emotions, the way you think, the way you feel, it will have a darkening effect. It will be unhealthy. Your insides will not be good. It's fascinating that the Bible is kind of telling us here that what you see with your eyes is far more powerful than you think. It affects you at layers and ways that you don't even understand. And so in light of this passage, as we talk about eyes today, I wanna to ask a few questions. And I don't wanna ask you the questions, I want you to ask yourself the questions. There's a few questions I wanna pose for you to ask of yourself, and these questions may be mildly confronting, but that's okay. Uh, and what I wanna do in this, uh, in this message today is I wanna focus in on just two main areas of things that we may or may not be looking at right now. Now, these two main areas may or may not relate to you. If they relate to you, fantastic. If they don't relate to you, then maybe God might give you something that you could help somebody else with. So like, it may or may not relate to you, but I'm gonna have a wild guess and say that what I'm about to share will affect 90% of the people in this room. So hear me out and let's go on a little journey. I know, you guys are already worried. Don't be worried. I'm worried. All right, let's go. I had a migraine last night. I was in bed at 6.30 p.m., man. I slept for like 11 hours. So if I'm a little bit slow this morning, just, be, just, just have grace for me today. All right, first question I want you to ask yourself is this. Is there something I'm looking at that is causing me harm? Ask yourself the question. Is there something I'm looking at that is causing me harm? I remember watching uh, TV one time with a friend and we were watching this like hospital show, where, like a real life hospital show, and it got to the point where they were gonna do an operation on somebody and so the surgeons got the scalpel and they're cutting open and I'm not, like, I'm not too bad with that kind of stuff. Like it's not something I'm like, yes, I wanna watch that, but it's not something I'm really squeamish about. So I'm watching it and it's going on and, and, um, and I hear little squeaks and squeals going on from the other end of the couch and I look over and there's my friend kind of, you know you do that hand over the eyes thing, like, ugh. Uh, and he's like, going, oh, this is disgusting. Oh, it's making me feel sick. Oh, I don't like this. Oh. But, but all the while still looking through his fingers, right? You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to watch it. I don't, I don't want to, like, I'm like, dude, if you don't want to see it, don't look. If it's making you feel sick, man, stop looking at that. Can, can I tell you that there's some things in your life that maybe you're actively looking at that aren't just things that you don't like, 
or make you feel a bit queasy, but there's potentially some stuff you're looking at that's actually harming you. It's actually destroying you on the inside of your life. And, and I don't know what that is for you, and maybe right now some things have come to mind, but I don't, I don't know what it is for you, but I do wanna, I don't wanna, I wanna speak to one specific thing today. And we don't often talk about this in church, and we, we do talk about it, we don't talk about it that much, like say on a Sunday in, in Sunday church. Um, and I know right now, this is gonna get awkward, all right? It's as awkward for you as it is for me, so let's just be okay with that. And, but I wanna speak to something, that, and I'm not even gonna do it any justice in the 10 minutes I'm gonna spend talking about it. But what I wanna speak to is, is what I think is one of the most pervasive and destructive things on planet Earth right now, and that is internet pornography. I mean, pornography was bad in itself, but you throw the internet into that, and now it's like fuel to the fire. It's like now something that was kind of accessible but, all, but secretive is now completely secretive and 1,000% accessible. Anywhere, any place, any time. And, and, and pornography is literally destroying people. It's destroying the very heart of people. It affects millions of people around the world. And, and, and pornography is literally destroying people's lives, people's marriages, people's businesses, people's families. It is destroying your very soul, your mind. It is, I think, dark and destructive on every single level. And it doesn't matter if you're a Christian here or not, you cannot, you cannot run away from the fact that pornography is incredibly dangerous and destructive to society. Like, I don't care who you are. You cannot run away from the fact that, like, scientifically backed up, pornography is destructive on so many levels. It's harming people on every level of community, on every level of society. No one is immune. The church is certainly not immune. I sit with hundreds of people every year, and this is a base level issue for so many people. And it is actually, it's, it's not just an image you're looking at. It is harming you. Like, like Jesus said, if what you're looking at is bad, it's affecting everything on the inside of you. This is harming and affecting people at a deep core level that we don't even understand. See, what pornography does is it re actually rewires your brain. If you're looking at it, to, it rewires the way your brain works. We talked about neural pathways a, little, a couple of weeks ago. It rewires your brain. It affects your relationships with people. It affects your relationship with God. It affects your perception of people. It affects your ability to socialize. It's, a, it's, a, it's an isolating thing. It, it, it affects how you view sex, how you view other people. It is absolutely dark and destructive to its core. And here's an interesting fact. This, the rush that a porn addict feels when they look at pornography is the same chemical release that a drug addict feels when they shoot up on drugs. The same neurological thing is happening. The same release of chemicals in the brain. That's why there is the extreme high and the extreme low. That is why there is, it, is, it is so addictive and crazy. Counseling rooms are literally filling up right now with people, church people and non-church people, going to see counselors saying, I, this is destroying my life. And I know in a room, I told you it was gonna get awkward. I, I, I know in a room full of this many people that there will literally be hundreds of people in this room, predominantly men, not exclusively men, 
but predominantly men, where this is a massive battle and issue. And you know what I'm talking about when I say what you're seeing is destroying your soul. It's actually affecting you at a far deeper level. Matthew 5, Jesus says this. He says these words, But I say to you, anyone who even looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his, in his heart. So Jesus is like going, hey, it's not, just, it's not just the act of adultery. There's a whole other level here that you don't understand. If you look doing this, it's affecting you at a whole other level. It's, it, and then he says, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it's better to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. See, it, this is so much bigger than just, oh, it's just harmless. I'm just looking at a few images. It's not a big deal. It's not like I'm even not properly cheating. or like it's, it's so much more than just looking at an image like this. Jesus puts it on par with adultery as, as, as a sin. And then he goes on to say, if something like this is causing you to sin, it's better to cut it out and throw it away. Now, there'd be a whole lot of people looking like pirates around the world if we took this a whole lot, a whole lot literally. But... but if, but for, for those in this room right now struggling in this area, and like I said, there is, there's going to be hundreds of people in this services today that this is relating to. Can I say with all the grace and love of my heart, there is absolutely no judgment for you. We're not judging you. A heart breaks for you. Like I'm not, there's no judgment in this room. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We love you. We value you. You are more than what you do. There is a greater future that God has for your life. You don't have to be stuck in this place for the rest of your life. There is hope for you. There's freedom for you. We love you. We honor you. We value you, right? There's no judgment for you in this place. But maybe the first step for you to getting beyond letting the stuff in your eyes that's destroying your soul is to do what Jesus said, to kind of take him a little bit literally, where he says, if your eye causes you to sin, throw it away. Maybe if your phone is causing you to sin, it's time to get a dumb phone instead of a smartphone. Right? Right? So you can still text and call, but you can't surf the internet at all hours of the night in your own in the lonesome. Right? So if your phone is causing you to sin, get out, of, just get rid of it. Isn't it better to lose that? Then everything, if your iPad's causing you to sin, isn't it better to throw? Get, listen, the world went on for many, many years without iPhones and iPads. I don't know if you know this. For some of you, you're the new generation going, what? The Lord created man, woman, iPads. This is how it worked. Genesis chapter two, it's all there. Like maybe this is the step. Maybe you're, if your computer's causing you to sin, maybe it's time to live without a computer. Maybe this is the drastic step, and you go, oh, that's a, that's a lot to ask. Is it? In light of what is happening on the inside of you, is it? Is it not better? Is it not, this is what Jesus is saying, is it not better to lose that and gain something else than to lose it all? Job 31.1 says this. Job says, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at any woman. I've actually made a promise, a covenant promise with my eyes not to look lustfully at anyone. Can I encourage you, church, no matter where you are, what your position is, and no, no, matter, no matter what it is that is harming you that you're looking at, can I encourage you to make a covenant, a promise with your eyes? They say, I'm not going to be the person that, that allows my eyes to keep going to a place that is dark and destructive because it's actually destroying the inner core of who I am, the way I think, my relationship. God's got more for you. Make a covenant today, a promise not to go down that road. Uh, on the screen right now, I'm going to put up a bunch of resources. 
Now, one of the, my goal today is to help you, not, not to harm you, not to condemn you. My goal is to help you. So, so on the screen right now, there's a whole bunch of resources. There's some website resources you can go to if this is an area of concern for you, if this is an area of concern for you for somebody else in your life. If you've got young children, teenage boys in your house, then I would encourage you, go and look at some of these resources. They will help you. If you are even mildly on the verge of kind of going, I'm sort of, this has been an issue for a while, go and have a look at some of these things. They will help you on your journey. There's a few there. Uh, one of the things that we do as a church is called a course called Valiant Man. And right now, there is a team of men trained on standby, ready to run a Valiant Man course if there's need in this church, right? So all you anonymously, you can email valiantman at elamchristiancenter.org.nz. You can do that when you get home. You can do that whenever you want, but we wanna make it accessible to you. This course will help you find freedom on the journey that God has got you on. There's other ones, triplexchurch.com. These guys have amazing accountability software and resources. You can do online stuff that's gonna help you get beyond it. Fortify.com, join Fortify is a accountability program. It's an online uh, course that you can take over a series of, of weeks that's gonna help you understand what is really going on on the inside of you and why this is a behavior. Listen, we don't wanna just deal with the behavior. We wanna get to why. Deal with the why and help going. That Fight the New Drug is also a fantastic online resource for this kind of stuff as well. The, the, this is the new drug of our society and our generation. And the new drug is pornography and it is affecting people like any drug addiction would. So these are some great resources for you to get on. Get, go ahead, just go have a look at, all right? Just go have a look at. Write them down, take a photo of it, do whatever you wanna do, just get, like, get them down. Um, I'm gonna put them up on our Facebook page. I'll put them up on my own uh, Facebook and Instagram if you wanna follow that or whatever, just go see it. Look, we wanna help you. This better for you is what I'm looking at harming me. Okay, that went better than I thought it would. Okay, second, the second question is this. The second question is this. Am I looking at something for too long? Am I looking at something for too long? If what goes into my eyes really does affect me, then the question is, is am I looking at something for too long? You know one of the things I love in God's creation, apart from iPads and iPhones, is um, I love the sun. I think the sun is one of the wonders of God's creation. I'm so thankful for the sun. Right now in the middle of winter, I am pining for the sun. Any sunny day, I'm like a lizard on a rock outside going, come on. Like I just, I just love the sun, man. Sun gives me warmth. The sun gives us light. The sun gives the plants uh, the potential to create photosynthesis and grow. The, the plants give, uh, I mean, not plants. The sun gives me vitamin D. It gives me that nice tan, helps my melanin to go for it and become a, so I'm not a skinny paste white guy. That's like, I love the sun. The sun is amazing. Here's something you got to know about the sun though. You can't look at it for too long. Like you can, you can glance at the sun. You can have a look, where's the sun? You can, you can sort of have moments where you're like, oh, there's the sun. That's a cool sun. And then, but if you stare at the sun for too long, it's going to do damage, right? You can't just look at the sun all day without the sun damaging you like damaging your eyeballs, right? Let's just be honest. There's gonna do some serious damage in there. Now, there's some things in your life that aren't inherently bad or wrong or sinful. There's some things in your life that aren't in and of themselves wrong, but if you look at them for too long, they'll do damage. You understand what I'm saying? One of the great examples of this, this is the second thing I wanna hit today, 
the, the, one of the great examples of this is, is social media. Like we live in the social media generation. I know we've got a whole kind of age ranges and stuff here, but you gotta know there is a whole generation of people growing up where social media has been part of their life from day one. It never existed without it. It's, listen, as much as we hate it, as much as you like, this is, it shouldn't be like that, it is what it is. It's just the way it is right now. And, and so social media is, is one of those things, and, and like you, I'm on social media. I, I actually love social media. I, I, I find great joy in social media. I think it's a great thing. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Uh, I, I love the platforms and what they do. I love the ability to stay connected with people. I love the ability to see what everyone's up to. I love, the, I like, I love knowing what people had for lunch. Smashed avocado on toast. That's great. I'm so glad I know that. My life is better for that. I just praise God. You know, there's... But social media is kind of like the sun. It's like, it's okay to have it around you, and it's okay to, to, to partake in it, but if you look at it too long, it'll do damage. If, if your eyes are too fixed on it, it's, it's gonna cause problems, because the, 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 here's one thing you've gotta know about social media. Social media is the highlights reel of someone's life. It's just the highlights reel. In fact, it's more than that. It's the edited version of someone's life that they want you to see. It's not the real version of their life. Like, social media is kinda like, it's, it's like, you know, you know when you watch test cricket? I know you probably don't. If you're a hardcore cricket lover here, this analogy won't work for you, so just ignore what I'm saying. But if you're the rest of the majority who are like cricket, okay, test cricket is the most boring game on planet Earth. Let's be honest. How many games do you know last for five days and most often end in a draw? Like it's just, it's ball after ball, block, block, leave, 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 block. Like it's just, it's uneventful, it's boring, it's mundane, it's mediocre. I get there's all kinds of exhilaration. I, I get it, but if you were to watch a full test match for five days, you'd be like, this is the most boring, uneventful thing on planet Earth. But if you turn on the six o'clock news and the sports time comes on, they will have a highlights reel of the test match that took place. In 30 seconds, you'll watch that and go, test cricket is the most exciting, amazing thing on planet Earth. There's, there's lots of shots and there's lots of wickets and there's boundaries and there's diving catches. This, we've got to watch Test Cricket because Test Cricket is amazing. But all you're seeing is the highlights reel of the game. It's the edited version of the game just showing you the highlights. This is what people do with their lives. No one is putting on social media on our way to church just had a fight with the wife. No one puts that on social media. And for many of you, that was your reality this morning. It wasn't mine because I sent my wife to Papakura to preach. I'm just like. <laughs> Don't tell her I said that. Most people, we're, all we're posting is the good bits. The bits we want you to see. The bits that make our lives look exciting and exhilarating and fun and all, all that kind of stuff. No one's posting all those stuff that's mundane and mediocre and, and just the, the daily grind uh, of life. And what can happen is if you, you can look at it and it's not wrong, but if you spend too much time looking at it, it will start to damage you. Because what will start to happen is you'll start to think, my life doesn't look like that. There's something wrong with my life. 
My life doesn't look perfect and doesn't look as exciting. And, and, and my life isn't that exhilarating. And they're doing that all the time. How come they get to do that all the time? And, and how come their marriage looks like that? Mine doesn't look like that. My kids don't look like that. My church doesn't look like that. Church is the worst. We just put the highlights reel everywhere. No one sees the service when no one showed up. We just show the photos where everyone showed up. Like, my family doesn't look like that. Everything doesn't look. So what can happen is if you look at it too long, you will start to get a negative perception of your own life, your own value, your own worth. And if you look at it too long, it will create inside of you envy, jealousy, a sense of inadequacy, bitterness, anxiety, depression, comparison and coveting, bitterness. and It'll, This is what it creates. And we've got a, a generation of people who are living their life with massive insecurity because they're looking at the edited version of someone else's life that doesn't actually exist. It's okay to look, but just don't look too long. Here's some tips of how to not look too long. I want to give you some practical stuff. It's up on the screen. Here's some tips. This is Steve tips, Steve's tips for social media. This is as close as you can get to Scripture. All right. Here we go. First one is this. If you're on social media, limit your time. Set a time frame. Give yourself a limit on it. Set screen times, whatever. Give yourself a time frame where you go, I'm not going above this or beyond this. Because if I stay too long, it's going to damage me. So my, my goal is to set a time. Here's a, here's a good challenge. Limit your social media time to the equivalent time you spent with God that day. You can't go above that. Right? So if you spend 20 minutes with God, guess what you got? You got 20 minutes in the bank for social media. Don't go above what you spent with God. You want more time on social media? You know what you got to do. Limit your time on it. The second one is this. Don't start or end your day with it. So first thing in the morning, don't roll over out of bed before saying, good morning, sweetheart. You turn on the social media, start scrolling what happened last night because we're so excited to see what we missed out on. Start scrolling. Listen, what happens in the morning is your brain is starting to form and frame its, its attitude and perception of the day. So if you start your attitude and perception of your life in the day, from that point of view, you're going to find negative everywhere for the rest of your day. Start your day. I'd say start your day in the Word and end your day in the Word, but don't start and end your day with social media. Make that a goal for yourself. Make that a rule for yourself. Turn it off. Don't take your phone to the bathroom. Some of you can't even go to the bathroom without your phone. It's like, damn, I got here. Where's my phone? I'm going to have to go back out and get my phone before I... Listen, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to move on from that point. My last thought is this. Engage with those who are present, not absent. If you're in a room full of people, or if you're with your kids, or with your family, or with your friends, and you're doing something... The, 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 the thing we see so often now is you sit in a room full of people with a, and everyone's like this. Everyone's heads down looking at those who are absent, not present. I want to challenge you, be a people that engage with those who are present, not absent. Put that away, engage with those who are around you. Make that a goal, make that a, a desire. Because if you stay in there too long, it's going to damage your heart. But I tell you what, if you stay in real connected community, it'll only build you, it'll grow you, it'll make your life better. You're looking at things that are going to give you life, not things that are going to be destructive in your life. Band, if you guys want to come, that'd be amazing. My last thought is this. So, so first, is it, are there things I'm looking at that are causing me harm? Am I looking at something too long? And my last thought is this. Are my eyes on God? I know this is, like the, this is like the cliche way to finish a message like this. It's like, okay, I get it, Steve. I'm going to switch off. I get it. I should be looking at God more. Are my eyes on God?
Like, where is my attention? Where is my focus? Where is my vision? What, what am I looking at? If, if, what, if what I'm putting into my eyes really does affect me, then, then is, my, is my gaze on the God of heaven who, can, who really is light and is life? And His truth and His whole, are my eyes on Him. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 119. It says this, Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Give me life in your ways. My question is, and it builds on what I said, how, how much time am I spending putting in my eyes the ways of God? Like how much time am I, am I investing to go, I wanna get something that is life and is light and is good and is whole and is pure. I wanna get that in me. Because I'll tell you what, if you let this in your eyes and you get it in you, it will really start to change you. It'll start to bring life and light to you and health and wholeness. It'll start to get rid of this stuff that's a bit dark. It's what it does. It pierces soul, spirit, bone, marrow, separating it all. It cuts a little bit and it hurts a little bit, but I tell you what, when God does a bit of heart surgery through His Word in you, it's only a good thing. How much time am I devoting to the things of God? See, what happens is, this is why we spend so much time in things like pornography and social media, is because we're looking for things that'll satisfy. We're looking for things that are gonna fill and satisfy and make us whole. But you've gotta realize, you'll spend your whole life looking for that thing that'll satisfy. And the only thing that'll satisfy is when you look on Almighty God. Look at Almighty God and say, God, I'm gonna put my eyes on you. I want you, I'm gonna turn my eyes from the worthless things. And I'm gonna find, and when you look at Him, when you turn on your eyes on Him, you begin to find life in His ways. The things that you are looking for, you find when you set your eyes on Him. Set your eyes on the things of God. How much time or what attention am I giving my eyes to the things of God? It's a great challenge for you. I challenged um, those at heart and soul on Wednesday night. Thank you for those who came. I challenged those at heart and soul to build an hour every day in the Word of God. And I know that's a big challenge, but it's just, I said build. So you start with one brick and just build. But it's a challenge. But I tell you what, if you do that, nothing will shape and change and transform your life after you meet Jesus, like daily spending time in His Word. Nothing will. Realizing that God does want to speak to you, God does want to shape your, your life and deposit into you. Set your eyes on Him. It's, it's interesting when you allow, when you put your eyes on Him and you allow His light to flood you and fill you, it's amazing how your hunger for the things to look at that are a bit darker just starts to die away. You're no longer hungry for the things of this world because you're being satisfied with the things of God. I'd love to pray for you, church. But more than just my prayer, I would love you to do something. And I don't know what that something is, but I want you to take a step to make what is going in your eyes light and not dark. It truly will transform the inner parts of who you are. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for this church, for this beautiful people. I thank you for your great love for them. And Lord, I pray that we truly would be a people that are mindful and intentional with what we put our eyes to. Lord, what we're seeing, Lord, if any of us in this room are seeing and looking at things that are harming us, give us the courage to change. Give us the courage to ask for help. Give us the courage to send the email.
God, if we could have got better on our own, we'd be better by now. So God, give us the courage to reach out and go on a journey with some people. God, if there's something in our world that we're looking at too long and it's not good for us, God, I pray that you'd help us to put boundaries and limits, Lord, to make sure that we're not allowing something in too much that's destructive in us. And God, I pray that you would help us to set our eyes on you, on your ways and your word. Lord, you transform us in that. Friends, just one of your eyes closed here, but I want to pray one more prayer today. If you're here in this room and maybe you don't know Jesus, maybe you've never made a decision to follow Him before, or maybe right now in this room, you'd be honest and say, Steve, I, I know who He is, but I'm far from Him. I've fallen away. I've walked away from God. I want to give you an opportunity today. If you're here and you want to get to know Him, you want to get your life right with Jesus today, I want to invite you to pray a very simple prayer with me. The truth is, friends, that God loves you, every one of you. We all sin, we all mess up, we all fall short of a standard. We do this thing called sin, and our sin, it separates us from God. And God in His grace sent Jesus to a cross. When He died on that cross, He took upon Himself what you and I would do for our sin, and He extends to us today His grace, forgiveness for all of your wrong, a new life that begins now. Hope for your future. God's got plans for your life and eternity with Him in heaven. And if you're here today and you don't know Him or you're far from Him and you want to, I wanna invite you to right now pray a very simple prayer with me. I'm gonna pray this prayer out loud. You don't have to do that. Just pray it with me in your heart. But when you pray it, I want you to mean it with everything you've got. If that's you today, just repeat this after me in your heart. Just say these words. Say, God, today I surrender my life to You. I know that I've sinned, that I've messed up but I believe that Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old way and I turn to you. Forgive me of all of my wrongs. I choose from this moment to follow you and live for you in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and hip out, if you prayed that prayer today, can I just say, I'm so proud of you. I think it's the most wonderful thing you could ever do. And I want to encourage you and invite you to take one more little step of faith. It's not big, but you're going to have to be brave. Right where you are, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to count to three. And if you prayed that prayer, I want you, when I get to three, I want you to put your hand up nice and high. Now, I'm not doing that to embarrass you or call you out, but I do want to acknowledge your hand. I'll see you. It's your own little step of faith. I'll see you, and then you can put your hand straight back down. Are you ready? If you prayed that prayer on the count of three, one, two, three. Hands up nice and high. Yeah, my man. I see you. I see you too. God bless both. Yes. Over there, ma'am, I see you as well. I got you there. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. Count me in, count me in. Yep, down the back over here, I see you too. Incredible, awesome. Well, God, we thank you so much for what you're doing here today. God, I thank you for those who've responded. I bless them now in the name of Jesus. May they truly know the life that you give in your mighty name, amen. Come on, church, put your hands together for those who said yes to Jesus today. Come on. So awesome. What a great decision you made. And I want to encourage you, if you put your hand up or maybe you didn't, don't let that be the only step of faith you take. On your seat should be one of these orange connect cards. If it's not, it's maybe behind you. On the end of every aisle, there's a pen as well. And if you look on the left side, there's a box, the second one down, says, I've committed or recommitted my life to Christ. I want to encourage you to tick that box and one of our team would get in contact with you, uh, help you to take that next step in your journey. We're not going to stalk you. We're not going to call you 5,000 times or anything like that. Um, and so we'd love to encourage you to take that step. Uh, along with that, there's a, a step that says, I want to be baptized. Next week uh, in our services, we have, a, we have baptisms. And so if you feel like that's what God's calling you to do, if that's your next step of faith, I want to encourage you, one, you take that box. And 
one of our team will love to get in contact with you uh, and help you understand what it means to be baptized. Uh, along with that, we have a baptism class today at 4 p.m. in, in our Galaxy room. Uh, you can simply just follow the orange flags as, as if you were going to growth track, and we've got a baptism class there as well, which will answer all your questions you might have about baptism. There's a whole bunch of other things that you can tick there as well, and we, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to uh, hear your praise reports as well, uh, as well as if you've got a prayer request, we'd love to partner with you in prayer. We've got a team that every week um, lifts you up in prayer, uh, and if, you, if that's you, you can tick one of those boxes. Growth Track has started last week and we have another session right after this at our 10 a.m. service. We believe that each person has a gift of God. Each person is wired uniquely and, and God has chosen them and purposed them to make a difference in their world. Uh, and if you don't know what those giftings are, if you don't know how God's wired you, if you don't know what your purpose is, We'd love to help you to discover that purpose. And so I want to invite you to come along to Growth Track. You can just show up, uh, jump on in the second week. We've got coffee and donuts uh, and a team that will host you there. Uh, along with that, we've got a 4 p.m. Uh, course as well. So you can either come to the 10 a.m. or the 4 p.m., but I'd love to encourage you to get along for that. It's a great course, uh, and I know that you'll be blessed by it. As, as our team get ready uh, to receive the giving, uh, I'd just love to pray. Uh, there's a whole bunch of ways that you can give. Uh, and uh, if, this, if you're here uh, joining us as a guest or a visitor, please don't feel obligated to give. This is for those that call our church home. Uh, but come on, let's pray. God, we just thank you for your goodness towards us. We thank you that you're such a generous God. And in turn, God, we want to be generous towards you and generous towards the work that you're doing in this church, God. We just pray your blessing on this giving in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hey, church, we're going to stand together. We're going to sing one more song of praise as we close. But as we finish that song, I want to pray a prayer of blessing on you. So don't go anywhere. Come on, let's sing together.